I'm Adriana. And I'm Wasir. And you're listening to Undercurrent, a podcast complementing the Undercurrent art space at 70 John Street in Brooklyn. We have an unmute episode today with a conversation with Barbara Maria Noy from Team Profile, where she collaborates with Chris Gray. Before we get to that, though, I will remind you all that Ryan Cosbert's show, I Am What I Am, is showing at Undercurrent until April 18th. Check out undercurrent.nyc for gallery hours. So like I said, this is an Unmute podcast. Unmute is an artist residence with 20 artists from New York City and the EU who are collaborating in teams of two to produce some kind of artistic expression while recording their collaborations over Zoom. You can follow along as Unmute unfolds throughout April and into early May at unmute.nyc. So now here's our conversation with Barbara. Thank you, Barbara, for coming and being a part of the Undercurrent podcast. I was hoping you could start out by telling us where you're calling in from and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm happy to be part of it. Um, and actually, I'm really happy to be part of the whole project. So thank you and thank you for making it possible. Um, actually, to be honest, at the moment, I'm in Prague. So I'm not in Vienna and I'm doing an artistic research here in Prague at the moment. So I'm here since Sunday and yeah, I have my clarinet with me and my working stuff, my recording stuff and my camera. Yeah, everything I need (laughs) to work. And yeah, so that's it. Basically, I'm here in Prague. (laughs) So you've you've buried a few leads here. So first off, uh, normally you're in Vienna, so you're Austrian. Yes. And uh, you're a clarinetist, but more than just a clarinetist, because you brought along a camera along with your clarinet. And can you say a little bit more about what you're up to in Prague? Yes. Um, so I brought my camera and my recording stuff, also some electronic instruments, so like loop station and so on. So, and yeah, as you said, said right, I'm not only a clarinet maybe, but I'm also like a, a performance artist. So I, I try to connect performance art or yeah, performance art with music and clarinet playing. Can you tell me a little bit about how before we were recording, we were all three of us were talking about uh, our, well, Adriana and I were both talking about our backgrounds in classical music to try and sort of look a little bit cool in front of you. <laughs> but uh, can you can you tell me a little bit about how and when playing clarinet, like let's say in a symphony orchestra or in a, in a small ensemble or something, mm-hmm. when that became and how that became not enough and you wanted to branch out into, you know, like you said, you pre- you present yourself both as a clarinetist and as a performance artist. So where did this, this second, this second life of artistic expression come from? It was a long time in my life um, when I was um, just a clarinet clarinetist or a clarinet player. I mean, just a clarinet player doesn't mean that it that is that it is something bad or something is missing. But I don't know, the focus was on clarinet playing a really, really long time. And I think it was like four or three years ago. Um, I don't know, when I started to 
I had the feeling that I really want to include um, performing arts into my way of expression. Also, like um, for me, it was also connected to working with spoken word, with texts. Yeah, and so I don't know, suddenly when I was like starting to do auditions for for playing in a classical orchestra, like in a symphonic orchestra, I started to take acting classes next to it. Um, I did this in when I was a child and like in my in my teenage years, I did this sometimes, but I don't know. Finally, I had I really had the I can't say that it was just a feeling. It was more like a deep, deep need, like like that I need to do this in my life now. And I and maybe it was also, to be honest, it was also connected to a bit of like a personal crisis or like a private crisis. I don't know, maybe a little a little breakdown or something like that, you know, like a really um yeah, a, yeah, a crisis is uh, describes it best, I would say. And yeah, then I started with that. First I started with acting actually. And through that I came to performance art and now I'm studying like in at the university for um for fine arts, I study now performance art. That's that's really interesting because like you know that being born out of you say a crisis or something. Mm. Performance art to me connotes kind of like a moving closer and simultaneously farther from reality has a capacity to be sort of like obviously performance, but you're kind of it's a very vulnerable kind of performance, you know what I mean? Mm. And and clarinet playing or kind of your technical training I imagine is quite rigorous and quite structured. So I'm wondering how those reconcile. Performance art is like a really, really um, big field, I would say. So there is so many things um, which can be named performance and, and can be called performance. So there is performance in fine arts, but also like in performing art, like acting or theater stages, there is also performance. Yeah, and also in dance there is performance and um, it's a bit hard to say what is performance. But for me personally, what I call performance or, or when I do performance, I really try to develop my skills in a maybe traditional way. So as I have it like in classical music, I had have a really, really traditional education like you know Viennese classical mm. music so I guess how, how can you be trained more more traditional in classical music than studying in Vienna so it's like really um, practicing a lot and like like yeah I mean a lot like every day all day long <laughs> and like practicing mm. so much and just doing clarinet playing like for for a really really long time but I think there is a similar tradition in also in performing arts like in acting and also in, in dancing of course so you can also like do the thing you did in or do the things I did in classical music it's also possible to do it in dancing of course or in acting and what I try now is to to develop more and more skills in um, acting and speaking techniques in a classical way or in a traditional way and to, I don't know, to get this from 
people I would call professional professional or like yeah from people who are like um, doing this as a profession in their job or like things like that um, and trying to connect it now in my in my work I think uh, it's this idea uh, like imagining a clarinetist taking acting classes out of some kind of crisis or something along those lines <clears throat> is very it's very striking to me because when we tend to think of or of musicians such as clarinetists especially classically trained we typically think of them in the context of a, of a symphony orchestra of a philharmonic orchestra something along those lines where it is clarinet maybe not so much as something like violin but it is extremely difficult to express yourself in a way that is wholly your own unless the repertoire happens to include a piece where you have like a solo or something like that like if you played in peter and the wolf or something and uh mm. when i first read about you for the unmute project like it really struck me because i was reminded of a um of a classmate from high school who went to the conservatory for trombone and I was just like, how can you go to conservatory for trombone? What history of, of solo repertoire or anything is there for trombone? All he's all he does in orchestra and in jazz band, all he does is just go boom, 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 And like that's about it. You know, occasionally like wah, you know, that's it. What what is there to go learn to do? When you've been talking about taking acting classes as a clarinetist, like I can imagine something like a hushed Benny Goodman big band. <laughs> Like playing like bum 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 bum, and then you want to have that kind of like artistic uh, acting uh, stage presence that when it's your time to solo, you stand up and you just murder everybody. <laughs> like that, that makes perfect sense. But then, but then to take that into taking the clarinet into to its own, to have it stand on its own is something I have never in my life imagined before. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. Like, that's not a uh, not a critique. It's actually astonishing because I've always imagined it within the context of a larger ensemble. Mm -hmm. Like, is this... So how do you... Do you see this as a kind of trying to branch out and find your own voice? Or were you feeling stifled by being in these kinds of group ensembles and so on where it's difficult for you to feel like you're expressing yourself with your own voice outside of, you know, perhaps what the conductor is pulling mm. out of you or what the what the composer had in mind, mm. etc. Or Yeah, so what what I experienced is that playing in an orchestra, in a in a classical orchestra can be like really one of the most beautiful things that one can do. So I, I would not say this, that this is something bad. And I really, I really think that this is something, I don't know, really something really good happening um, in the world that like 80 people are playing together and all of them are playing together with, with knowing that it's not one person on its own playing a solo like uh, so not only one person is important but all together are important so i don't know like the idea of taking your ego a bit back and like do it for for the for the the bigger thing like you know you know what i mean but yeah actually at the moment i'm i'm doing the the opposite of it like i'm i'm i have a program at the moment where i'm on stage for 90 minutes alone 
So, and it's just me and my clarinet and like um, stage design and scenery and the requisites we, we have in there. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I just have a, a really, really big ego. I don't know. <laughs> well, it, I mean, that, that could be, but it, but it also does, does gesture towards... Uh, and I'm I'm glad you talked about it this way because it does definitely gesture towards these these uh, mm. uh, countervailing pressures. You know, this sort of there is there is a desire to be yes. to express yourself with your own voice, etc. But the sort of I I really wish I could describe it because it's something I've felt often, and whenever I do, I really want it again, which is this uh, this like frisson of mm. something mm. that you get out of collaboration. You know that it's that. You know, you just you just feel amazing because you know that if you mess up, like your 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 mm. partners will be there mm. to help you out, um, and that you know mm. everyone is is encouraging everyone and and so on and so forth, and that that's that's mm. so so great, um, but absolutely missing yeah. when you're alone on stage <laughs> for ninety minutes. So it's 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 almost like in, they're incommensurable. Like you can't, like they they're both forms of expression are tickling completely different yeah. parts of your brain. Yeah, and like as you said as you said before, like in classical music for me it always was important to think of like what did the composer want and what what should I express with that and like to to think about that and to I don't know and sometimes I had the feeling to be honest um I was a bit one of the one of the only persons who did that, like to really think about like what what did the composer wanted in that in that part. So, of course, my teachers talked about it, of course. And of course, there were a lot of people who think about it and the good, like the really, really good professional musicians, of course, think about it. But sometimes, especially in in auditions for for symphonic orchestras i have the feeling that you just you know you you just need to be like a machine you need to play perfectly and it's just need to needs to be in time and there is not there is not so much about um begin uh, the idea in the beginning of like playing a really really nice piece of music it you know you also for for auditions you play the you play short parts of um um of of orchestra music you know so you you don't even play a piece actually <laughs> so this is like and i don't know maybe it was this idea of how the system works in classical music which i could not um, support anymore and which made me which leads me to find ways how I can like express um, more or like in in different ways and now what I can do now is I, I still can work with melodies and and music from cla classical musicians but I can I don't know I have the feeling that I can maybe I have more possibilities and also can create my own concepts and like can really decide what I want to play and what I want to work on now and what are the topics that I um, want to express in via music and via performing arts or I don't know via text and yes and of course I can like um, in my last project of course I'm alone at stage but still I I collaborate with with other people and I like 
So we are a big team behind that. So there is a composer in it, still a composer, and there is like someone who does um, more or less directing and someone who does the um, stage design. So yeah, and this is something really nice. I mean, I, I think once in my life, in, in a few years, I want to do a project where I do like almost everything, but I still actually, to be honest, I don't know how should this work because I can't be on stage and like direct myself. This is, <laughs> this is not working actually. What, once your ego is big enough, you'll be able to direct yourself. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, you just have to give it a little bit of time, I think. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know if this is, I mean, I, I think any kind of outside eye and any kind of feedback is, is like really necessary. Yeah. I agree. I mean, and I like what you were saying. I think you are still in an orchestra now, even, even solo on stage, what you were saying, like, you know, the set designer, the director, the people mm -hmm. who paint the sets or, you know, design. It's it's all kind of... When I was looking at your website, I was, like, struck by this kind of interdisciplinary aspect between fine arts, performance, music, kind mm -hmm. of this idea of spectator, audience, which I feel like I don't really get a sense of with a lot of, like, you know, musicians, because the, the audience is there, but they're a little bit invisible, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was struck by one of your videos i'm gonna i'm gonna try to pronounce this <laughs> a sports stuk ah sportstuk yeah <laughs> yeah sports sports stuk uh yeah <laughs> no but that one and then uh stenos ah stenose yeah yes yeah so those two were so interesting to me because you know you were in positions of kind of like creating boundaries or barriers or hindrances for yourself you know, mm. like in mm. one, you were covered in a pile of dirt and mm. you had, you know, uh, prof uh, fellow performers kind of covering you or moving it around and you were still playing your clarinet. And the other one, you're kind of invested in this kind of athletic and uh, almost gymnastics routine. So I was wondering, mm. like, what this idea of labor um, or giving yourself, um, what you're describing here is giving yourself impediments, impediments. like, yes. uh, <laughs> like not, not structure as much as obstacles, obstacles. like, uh, like structured difficulty. Exactly. Mm. Like you, you don't let yourself go get the piece of cheese. You build a maze that you have to solve first before you can get the cheese. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was looking, I was like, I can't even play clarinet. That sounds hard enough, let alone. Mm doing mm. twists and turns upon the mat or being covered in dirt <laughs> lying down. I was so impressed, but I was conceptually is also interesting. Like what, what does that, where did that come from? And, and what does that have to do in your practice? As you said, maybe um, also like boundaries or like rules and restri restrictions um, are some way important in my work. So maybe these topics are like, I don't know, are, pop pop up like in a lot of works of, of myself or like a lot of works, a lot of artistic works of me. Yeah, maybe this also comes from the rules in classical music, but I don't want to say now that all these rules are bad. Like, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I really like to play with these rules, you know, I, I really, I really think um, it's good to have 
this way of education in classical music to yeah to make it possible and I still think it's amazing what I, I still love classical music and I still like the the rules in it and also like in the compositions and so on. But on the other hand, it's like in boundaries sometimes. Mm. So, yeah, because you j of course you just can can play what people like, I don't know, 100 years ago wrote and you can't really create anything by yourself out of it. And um, on the other hand, I'm really not, I mean, in, in Austria, there is also the possibility to study jazz, like mm. it would, it would have also been possible for me to study jazz clarinet, but this is something that I'm really not into so that I never thought about studying now jazz clarinet and starting to improvise in a jazz way, because on the other hand, I think jazz also has, has its own rules and it's also really strict sometimes so that's not the solution for me to be honest <laughs> well i'm i'm gonna throw away all my eric dolphy questions now <laughs> and uh wonder instead about a kind of what you're sort of hinting at here is a like conversation between both uh dominating and submissive tendencies mm. You know, in in which case there's like both like a dom and a sub, like like an erotic charge to what she was talking about. Like you lying on the ground, getting covered with dirt by other people, mm. submitting to the rules and, and always being hemmed in in these ways is very kind of, you know, subby behavior. <laughs> but on the other hand, you uh, are also doing this out of a sense of a desire for control and a desire to be able to express yourself outside of these or maybe within these constraints, but in addition to, like you're supplementing that with a kind of, with a, a Dami vibe, let's say. Well, I would not see my my artistic work um, in any connection to, to erotic, erotic um, topics. Or at least I never thought about this like, like in that way or in that connection. But like in, in the idea of the... I don't know the the place between following rules and finding finding freedom like in in that kind or in that connection of course it's it's maybe yeah it's maybe an a place in between that so fi finding that and f yeah mm. yeah i was gonna say like also this idea of you know subverting the expectations of the audience in a way um, because something mm -hmm. that struck me with both the videos, well, mm -hmm. I was the audience in, in the mm -hmm. Stenose. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm hard. I feel so bad. I have to rush <laughs> up on <laughs> um, But I was the audience and I felt kind of, you know, a lot of feelings. You know, you're, you're expecting a performance from this person. You're lying down. So the labor becomes so apparent to me, not only mm -hmm. because you're performing, but because you're mm -hmm. kind of creating um, impediments for yourself. And then in the other one, I noticed people walking around and, you know, watching you do these turns mm. and then playing. It's, it's, mm. it's interesting how you talked about kind of, you know, the expectations of the orchestra performer to kind of perform robotically and then leave, you know, perform, give the gift and then, you know, depart. Um, I think what's really struck me and perhaps how you are controlling the situation is you're kind of controlling how your labor is being um, mm. Mm. given. 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if, if the audience has any, like, uh, yeah, place in that for you. Of course. I think in, in every concert or in every uh, performance, live performance, um, the audience has um, has an have an effect on um, on the whole thing, on the whole performance, and on the whole um, situation. When it's when it's watched at home via video, of course, it it still has um, that effect, but more in the person who's watching it. You know, maybe it's important when do they watch it and where the place, but like. Um, what I really like in live performances is um, that the audience like create also the the performance. It's it's so important how is the vibe in the audience and like how is the there is something that I can't describe and and which of course people on stage also feel it and yeah the the audience is also giving back something. What what I saw it was in a theater in Vienna um, and they talked about. Um, how hormones um, are like are in the air, you know, with breathing and so on. So it's like actually, in fact, all the audience they are like um, putting hormones in the air and getting it back through breathing. Wow. So and, and this is something that really I don't know. I think that's really interesting because then of course the vibe is there. It's in the air, in the air, and it's like exchange ex. ex-, ex- changing through the audience and like also with people on stage so this is really Mm -hmm. interesting i think yeah this lets me pivot to asking you about unmute because you have (laughs) pivot yes (laughs) because you have you know this is this is upsetting so many things so on the on the one hand you know we've been talking about collaboration Mm. um you're working with uh one other person in the case of unmute chris gray Mm. and then the but also the two of you are creating for an art an audience that you won't be able to interact with Mm. Mm. you know you're you're creating something that will that will likely stand aside from or I don't I don't know how have you been thinking about this like because I think that what you're describing with that sort of the the rush you get from being on stage from being the focus of and yeah and the pheromone load coming Mm. from the audience they're all hyped up you know they they want Mm. a good show they're they're screaming for your name or whatever Mm. (laughs) um none of that exists when you're on zoom with another person planning something out and Mm. then the result will be you know i mean i'm really missing um live performances and live stage um but i'm really like surprised in a positive way how um amazing the connection um between chris and me um is developing because i don't know um it works so well that me and I think also Chris, um, because we are talking a, a, uh, about it a lot, and we both have the feeling that we are like sitting next to each other um, every time we are meeting. So this is something that really I would not I would not believe that before, or would not have believed that before, and I'm really surprised about that how how this is working and how we feel also this closeness also like sometimes also in the body you know like like we were would would sit next to each other and like how it's 
um, still a nat natural process of um, talking and and being in a conversation and things coming up and popping up and like yeah getting closer to to somebody so that is what I can say about the collaboration via Zoom. Um, what I um, can't feel or what what I'm like at the moment I'm I'm not um, yeah I'm not feeling or I'm not um, getting it is um, the reaction from outside. It's 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 something that that is not in my mind at the moment because I have the feeling that I don't not like in in live performances. Or maybe I just don't see the reactions. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I yeah. Well, they, mm. yeah. I mean, the the reactions of your collaboration so far are hidden behind people watching videos on on either the unmute website or on YouTube. You know, there's not. Yes. You know, there there isn't a thriving community. You're not like live streaming, so mm. there aren't people just sending in you know hearts like mm. like a, you know or anything like that. You're yeah. just uh, you you record yourselves, send it off to Adriana who who cuts it all up, mm. and then puts it up on YouTube. And it's it's I can see that as as being disembodying mm. in some way. You know, feel you feel you feel very alienated from the creative process. Perhaps mm. may be particularly difficult for the two of you because I know that both of you involve your bodies very much in your artistic practice so mm. being disembodied from the art is is sounds like it may be extremely tricky yeah it is actually and it's i don't know what what i mean this is of course this this what you said that the reactions is hidden um behind the behind like because people are watching it on youtube or like on the website and as you said body like or in connection to body, I also miss like, of course, I don't know. Um, I guess if, if Chris and me were like um, next to each other, we, I don't know, we would have already danced together or like things like that, you know, and this is something that I really miss because now we are just sitting um, in front of our computer and like talking, which is also nice and working. You know, we are creating videos um, by ourselves, everyone for 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 um yeah on its own on his or her own yeah and then we connect it um through zoom or through the computer we try to connect it and try to find ways to connect it but it's also nice but it would have been also nice to do it like with body connection and like together mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i i don't i don't doubt that you would have been dancing already yes yes you know, I can really see the connection that's forming there. Um, mm. That's like so incredibly strong for, you know, only existing on an online platform, digital platform. But I think that's something really interesting about what Unmute is like proposing, which is like a flattening of space, obviously, through the digital. Mm. But like, how can people utilize that and still maintain both creative and, you know, interpersonal connections? Mm. Um, and I think what you and Chris have done but I don't know if this is going to be your final project, but this idea of like layering space together that you guys have been doing uh, through, uh, you know, backgrounds, through digital backgrounds and then um, layering that with your current reality. So you get temporality, but you also get the layering mm. 
have a space that's not physically there with you. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, for me, it was really painterly, actually. Like, I saw it and I was like, this would be a great painting. Mm. Like, all the little different patterns and the movements and, like, um, this kind of weird clashing of of different spaces. And I think, I think that that's one of the triumphs that you guys have created is, like, this, oh, we don't get to be in each other's room. We, get, we don't get to dance. We don't get to, you know have a glass of wine or sing mm. like we're gonna we're gonna literally layer our um surroundings together mm. um and it's been it's been really beautiful so mm. Mm. yeah thank you I mean I'm also really happy how how things are developing and and turning out um with Chris and yeah um maybe that's how we try to do the connection like through the layering and through putting things together but i don't know i don't think it's it this what we are doing now it um really comes out of or is only the result of um missing each other's bodies like or each each other's being there in person so i think um also not in connection to that and not into connection to the actual situation this is something a really nice for me new way of working like to yeah like we like what we developed now so yeah adriana did you want to ask about the cat the cat baker <laughs> love baker baker such, yeah <laughs> such a king such a king yeah 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 i guess i had one question about like you know what what drew you to the residency and you know what experience are what experiences are are new and different than ones you have participated in obviously it's online so mm -hmm. that can be tricky but um a lot of your work is reliant or like important to be in connection physically with other people for performance or mm. Mm -hmm. yeah what what is new is that we can can try out um body performances together once we have an idea. So that is a process that I really like. But actually, on the other hand, we are doing it virtual now. You know, we are like um, trying out doing the videos, like just do it and then connecting it and try to find ways, um, which is also um, still happening while we are having our Zoom meetings. And not only, this is something really nice, that it's not only a concept work, but also like happening during the Zoom meetings, like ideas coming up and then we try it at the mm. moment, right in the moment. Um, this is something I really like. Like the, um, I don't know, the improvisation process, which I think is so important for working together. Excellent. Well. Barbara, thank you very much for joining us and uh, for uh, so ably representing the artists of Unmute. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> thank you too. And we wish you and Chris and Team Profile the best of luck moving forward, and are excited to see how your how your work uh, develops. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can find out more about Undercurrent at undercurrent.nyc, which includes links to Undercurrent's social media profiles and to this podcast's archive. We're also on Instagram as undercurrent.nyc. Leave us a review, like, and subscribe to the podcast. On behalf of Undercurrent, 
and 1984 products. I'm Adriana. And I'm Wasir. Until next time. 